This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, October 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Push starts for ag labor reforms. CDFA reports on antibiotic resistance. House Dems and Lighthizer expected to meet. A bill to ease visa program rules and legalize workers. A bipartisan group of lawmakers is trying to put ag labor reform on the congressional agenda. The group, led by California Democrat Zoe Lofkin, will release a bill today that would provide a path to legalization for current workers while also ensuring a future flow of new foreign workers. Details of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act haven't been released, but the program would expand on the existing H-2A visa program by allowing producers to bring in year-round employees, a change that would particularly benefit dairy farms. One industry source says the bill isn't quite as good from agriculture's perspective as the Senate's 2013 immigration reform bill, which featured a historic compromise between United Farm Workers and farm organizations. What's next? Well, getting the bill through the House could be the easiest part. Lofgren chairs the House Judiciary Committee's Immigration Subcommittee and has had this measure in the works for months, and she's got important groups behind her. The news conference today will include representatives of UPW as well as the National Milk Producers Federation and the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. But it's not at all clear that the bill can get White House support. Plus, the impeachment battle in the House won't make it easy to enact anything of substance in the coming weeks. Dairies close during drought while Almond Board defends growers. But it's not California. Western Australia is facing the continent's severest drought since records began more than a century ago. As rivers dry up, the Murray-Darling Basin lost a third of its dairies this year, reports the Sydney Morning Herald. Rice acreage also shrunk along with jobs. Almond growers are outbidding other irrigators and have taken blame for exacerbating the issue. Yet the Almond Board of Australia asserts the industry wants to maintain broad-based agriculture in the region. Remember, Australia shares a Mediterranean climate with California and just three other regions of the world. This year, Australia's almond industry increased its exports to China by 2,000%. That is, U.S. shipments were down by 40% because of the trade war. CDFA issues first report for program on antibiotic resistance. The annual report details the progress of CDFA's antimicrobial use and stewardship program. CDFA is monitoring the use of antibiotics in livestock and restricting the medicine to therapeutic purposes only, hoping to avoid any resistance that could carry over to human patients. AUS has surveyed ranchers about animal management practices and antibiotic sales, use, and resistance, while also gathering bacteria samples to track over time. It found that 4% of sheep and 11% of dairy calf operations use antibiotics to prevent disease, but 90% of the use was to treat individual sick pre-weaned calves. AUS also set guidelines for veterinarians and helped the department enact regulations on drug licensing while engaging in a broad outreach campaign with industry and backyard poultry owners. Former Governor Jerry Brown signed the AUS measure into law in 2015, and the program officially launched 
and January 18. House Dems to meet on USMCA. The group of House Democrats chosen to liaison with the White House over demands for the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement is tentatively scheduled to meet today with U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer as time runs short to get a deal this year. House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal, who is also the leader of the working group, said last week only a few more meetings with Lighthizer would be needed, but concerns remain that Democrats aren't moving fast enough. In other USMCA-related news, Representative Bill Passrell of New Jersey is hosting a briefing tomorrow to get the input of union officials on the trade pact. Kathy Feingold, International Director for the AFL-CIO, and Benjamin Davis, International Affairs Director for the United Steelworkers, will be present along with Passrell and Representative Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut. Hemp rule takes effect Thursday. USDA's new interim final rule for hemp will take effect tomorrow when it's published in the Federal Register. In the meantime, USDA will be taking comments on the regulations which establishes procedures for tracking and testing of hemp and facilitate interstate transportation of crops. And on that note, Fresno will host the California Hemp Expo on November 5th. Workshops, presentations, and networking opportunities for growers and for manufacturers. Mexican ag imports continue upward trajectory. U.S. agriculture exports to Mexico, buoyed by the North American Free Trade Agreement, have grown by 48% over the past decade, and trade is expected to continue to increase as the middle class there grows, according to a new report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. About 30% of Mexican households are expected to rise to the middle to high income level this year, boosting spending on high-priced foods such as meat, dairy, and tree nuts, and placing more demand on imports from the U.S. Mexico will remain an important and growing export market for U.S. agriculture products, and its economy and middle class develops and expands, according to the report. U.S. exports of prepared grocery foods grew by nearly $100 million over the past five years. Key items include snack foods, $320 million, condiments and sauces, $215 million, soups at $210 million, and other processed foods. Here's today's She Said It. As we think about our climate change policies, including using some of those cap-and-trade auction proceeds to invest in agriculture, the next chapter of our climate programs will be all around natural working landscapes. That CDFA Secretary Karen Ross in a speech about the role of the Flood Mart program of the Governor's Water Resilience Portfolio. You can read more on our report in the Flood Mart and the AgriPulse West newsletter. It's hitting inboxes this morning. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, October 30th. Brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dowling.